Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Whoa, not only do we have brand new special graphics and our monitors are a little hot and we didn't check the microphones ahead of time. No. We also have a special guest, one Dana Swan Swan Swanson. What's your new? Oh, my new handle is at Dana Swan Swan. Right. Uh, as, as determined by the Adult Swim social media department. I, uh, I like that. Um, Jason was unable to join us today and Dana was gracious enough to be here and I, for one, speaking for the we in this room, are very excited. Oh, thank, thank you so you. much for coming. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to be here. I think this is my first uh, my first time co-hosting that it's not on some sort of panel. So Your first very exciting. live to tape in studio, yes. two-person tsunami pre-flight. Yeah, I feel like I should just tell my mom that I was on GMA and she'd believe me. Yeah, just so. update your resume accordingly and yep. I think we should be fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so today, Dana and I will be talking about Ninja Scroll. Uh, and therefore some of our favorite assassin movies. True, true, which is like, I love that word assassin. Um, I mean, just because it's like, it's fun to say, uh, but it has the word sass in it. It also has the word ass in it, and it also means contract killing. So it's really, it's kind of like a little bit of everything as I never far as... I thought like, about sassy assassin. Yes, yeah, sass, assassin. It's assassin. like, you yeah. can really think about it, and it can be hard to say, or not. Um, we have a bunch of sneak peeks to look at, including mm-hmm. our first topical for Fully Coolie Progressive. Hopefully you watched the premiere last week and are enjoying it. Yeah. Um, and then we're doubling down, going all in on Dana for another episode, installment of DanaCon Momocon edition. Yeah, it's uh, it's the con of peaches. Get ready, everybody. Is that their official? Uh... That should be. It should have been Momocon colon the con of peaches. <laughs> like I tried to film as many times as possible. I tried to film a lot of peaches looking like butts because that's who I am. Peach butts. Just so many peach butts. Like there was. I didn't get a shot of this, so I'm going to talk about it here. But there's a as I was coming down an escalator, I, my phone wasn't quick enough. Um, but there was just like the top of like a Georgia peach. Like it was just cropped perfectly and I'm like somebody has to know this is a joke just a rising like, ass just a rising butt like I just as the sun as the sun also rises so does a peach butt <laughs> the butt also rises <laughs> the butt also rises um, well I can't wait to see more Georgia butts but we should get mm-hmm. into our movie of the week which I never remember to look at ahead of time these new graphics I like a they lot are, this is awesome Sean like excellently art directed um, yeah some good highlighter you there you spelled scroll wrong in that one but other than that you did a good job no, you didn't. <laughs> no, I really like the uh, I like the green pop. Yeah, like, that's really nice. They're very vibrant. It's a yeah, mm. somewhat callback to our what has been our graphic look, um, but just sort of the next iteration. But yeah. sort of a bright and shiny version. Um, yeah. So Ninja Scroll came out in '93 in Japan, and then like '95 or six, yeah, yeah uh, in the United States. And this was for a lot of people. Uh, their first r- real anime that felt like an adult movie. This was sort of the movie that if you were into anime and were somewhere in the 10 to 12 range up through college, this is the movie you've seen a thousand times. Um, and for younger kids, this is sort of like their childhood introduction to it. And then for some older people, such as myself, this was like the, okay, so there's continuingly going to be an interest in anime uh, movies making making anime movies come to the US yeah it, it was um, so I actually didn't have a relationship with this film other than hearing about it um, until watching it 
now. So this was like, this was, I, I, when you fresh mentioned. Fresh territory. My fresh, yes. Totally fresh. So when you were sort of listing movies, it's like, man, I've actually never seen Ninja Scroll. I don't know why I haven't. It's fun. Um, but there's I just, I lots just Lots of movies haven't. out there. There's a finite amount of time. Yeah. But it, you can tell uh, where it's influenced uh, several other films. It feels like watching an OVA. Like it feels like, it feels like a standalone piece in something larger, even though it's not. Like it's just a straight up film. Right. That you could sit and watch. Um, but the idea of kids watching this is shocking. Well, I mean, it's like, yeah, the movie you shouldn't be watching, and that's no. what people feel like was like, I came home and watched this a million times when you were 11. You're like, you really shouldn't have. No, um, no. Like, there's a there's an entire, like, you could have you could have cut, like, an anime music video to, like, raining blood and parts of it. Like, it was, it is, it's, it's extremely violent. Which I think is so. with, yeah, it's a total strength of it is that it is, it's, 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 uh, it's violent in the sense that you're like, oh, this is, it's a very visceral violence yeah. and you're like, oh, I just want to, maybe I'll, maybe I'll keep watching. So, um, so yeah, what, uh, so I guess what, what do you want to talk about with it? Um, let's check out the trailer. This is a fan made trailer cause this movie is old enough to have a real shit, <laughs> uh, actual trailer. Um, but the fan made trailer is pretty good and gives you a good feel if you have not seen Ninja Scroll. Uh, without totally spoiling the story. So let's check it out. What's your destination, stranger? No place in particular. I'm looking for someone, and you look exactly like him. I'm a vagabond named Jubei Kibagami. Die! <gasps> know that they won't leave you alone. You have already killed one of the eight devils of Timon. Who are these eight devils that come on? They are a group of ninja who work for the Shogun of the Dark. The Moon Monsters will be after the both of you. Three of us have a common enemy. Tell me, why did you join him, Jubei? He hired me. A ninja for hire? Please leave this Jubei to me. I will kill you myself. You'll have to give up soon. You must not be underestimated. Kill him! I never expected to see you again. Jubei! This is a fight for power between the Tokugawa government and the Shogun of the Dark. I have them! Look out! What are you planning to do? Why was I brought here? If you kill me now, you will surely die as well. You are difficult to kill, Ninja. If you want to kill me, you mustn't make any sound at all. They're planning something. Gold is that cargo. If that gold reaches the hands of the Shogun of the Dark, the country will plunge into another civil war. So we must stop it. I'll use the gold to organize the most powerful army of ninja ever. And we will rule the country with terror and power from the shadows. Would you fight the devil? Be a devil yourself! I won't let you die before I torture you enough to pay me back. If you so want the company of devils, you better hurry back to hell, Gemma. on point graphics treatments a bit suspect yeah thank you drew boy drew boi is that correct just made a, a real a super fun trailer i like the music a lot yeah. i like the music cut um we had a, a discussion about whether or not a spoiler is in that and maybe you can decide for yourself um i mean <laughs> it's a trailer you're supposed to be excited about it. there's mm-hmm. always gonna be something that i think that's spoiled mm-hmm. i think if you haven't seen the movie you won't, won't know, so it's not spoiling it. It's not like you n- makes any real revelation. Yeah, there were coming in clean. There were characters from the film in it, so therefore there were spoilers. Right. So it's, <laughs> there were things that happened. Yeah, I think at its most basic level, the argument yes. could be made. Yes, the, and then but tra- I don't think that it. I don't think it will ruin the movie having seen that trailer. I mean, I feel ruined personally, uh, knowing a little bit too much ahead of time, but no, it was, uh, yeah, that was, I, I enjoyed watching that. So, um, so as somebody who's, so as somebody who's seen this many times, did you, did you, uh, have a rewatch? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I watched it. Uh, I guess I watched it about two weeks ago because mm-hmm. we were in the midst of figuring out when uh, okay. everything was going to run. And uh, I just bought a bunch of stuff. And I was like, I haven't seen Ninja Scroll in a while and mm-hmm. watched it. Um, so it worked out well that you picked it. Perfect. Um, and it's supposed to be... G-Kids has the rights now and was going to be in theaters, but I haven't heard anything about it um, mm-hmm. as a re-release. So I'm sure someone watching will be able to better explain to us what's going on, or maybe there's just been a delay. Um, the Blu-ray that I have is um, from Sentai, and then G-Kids has the rights now. Okay. But yeah, I love this movie. I think it's... I mean, it's a little, a little dated at this point in tone and look, but it's pretty... Still, it's still pretty amazing watching it for the first time, mm-hmm. and I think just in terms of it being a classic, it's still, I think it still stands the test of time. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. Well, so th- it was funny that you mentioned like, oh, like it's it's something that's it's influenced a lot of other movies. It was funny watching because I'm like, man, have I already seen this? I've already seen this, haven't I? Like, but I just realized like, no, it's just so yeah. ingrained and like it's so influenced so many other things and it's so ingrained in in um, different uh, enemies that we've yeah. seen throughout our life. And there's a lot of live action movies like the yeah. Wachowskis. Love this movie, and one. This is one of the movies they were trying to make mm-hmm. a, into a live action movie for a while, which maybe would have been cool. Yes, I had I had a lot of mixed feelings about it because there were aspects of it that I really loved, and then aspects that I was like, "Come on, get it over with!" Like I, um, I, uh, I thought it was absolutely beautiful and sadistic, and um, I really loved the the two main characters, uh, Jubei and Kagero. I thought they were like very interesting to watch, but as far as is the the world around them? I was just like, wow, this is an it, there's an epidemic, which is like I I do love a good uh, semi apocalyptic uh, feel to right. a film, and as far as like looking at something that's like feudal Japan with a sword and sorcery angle, like that was something I, I really enjoyed. But uh, I mean, there's definitely some stuff in it that is I am like, man, there's it's super violent, which is great. Um, but then there's also things like how do you describe to a child that. Uh, that somebody can poison their entire body and then maybe you shouldn't touch their body. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, I, 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 yeah, I didn't really know. Like there were some things in it that I found, uh, hard to watch. Yeah. Um, for sure. And I think that like, uh, any movie now, I think you could put like content warnings on anything. And for this one, I'd say like there's definitely some snakes in the ceiling content that I was not expecting. Some bees I was not expecting, uh, among other things, including like a person getting uh, very assaulted. Is right. just like okay, yeah, that's that's something to process. And yeah, try I mean, to speak about it's in a, a lighthearted tone. '90s anime movie, yeah. for adults. So there's definitely some. Yeah, yeah. And Tonality I'll, issues. Just that are, like yeah, and like the idea that that someone would uh, like there's an assault that happens pretty early on in the movie, a sexual assault that happens, and and the fact that somebody would walk into uh, into a rape and and you're witnessing someone else walk in and go, hey buddy, get out of here, and the guy would just be like, oh yeah, sure, I'll scram. It's like yeah, no, like if that's your mindset is like, hey buddy, I'm busy here, like not just I don't know that that was just so baffling to me, like getting into side of that character's head and I don't I don't know like ah certainly this this fellow will walk away when he can see that I'm doing something terrible right like, I no. mean it's the 90s take on it's the same thing with Game of Thrones where it's like it was a fucked up time yeah. and it's like yeah but isn't there a better way to deal with that than the way you chose to deal with it absolutely and the answer is yes there is yep um but yeah I still think well worth watching would oh, you yeah. recommend watching it I would recommend with- it I would recommend it, and um, I think that when eyes I wide op- go go in yes. eyes wide open. Um, I think when I when I actually mentioned to somebody that I was going to be watching it this weekend, they're like, "Oh, there's some deep stuff in that." Like they definitely wanted to like content warning me, and so like I'm like, I don't know if I, I guess that I would put content warning on it. Content warning. Yeah. There's some stuff that goes on, so just be careful. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think I I would recommend it as at least something to watch, and especially if you're someone that that wants to have a, an understanding of the history of of anime, and especially how anime has been brought to the U.S. And that's something that I think is part of a great part of your repertoire. Yeah, yeah. I think it was it's top twenty on Paste Magazine's mm-hmm. list. I think it's twelve ish mm-hmm. uh, or so. Um, but yeah, I think 
definitely worth seeing if you have not seen it um, and worth a second look if you have. Totally. Like, Jubei's, like, Jack White hair. Totally about it. Like, yeah. the weird, like, American Gladiator boffer weapon that was just, like, slicing through trees. Like, giant heavy weapon. But guess what? I can throw it like a boomerang. Like, so unrealistic. But at the same time, I want that weapon. Yeah. Seems great. We're not in it for the realism. No. We're in it for the killing. <laughs> Uh, so that yeah. takes us to our question of the week, which is talking about some of our favorite assassin movies. Yeah. Assassin. Sassy assassin. Assassin with Dana. So yeah. I will go first. First for me is Lyon, the professional Luc Besson's uh, 1994 uh, seminal classic. Natalie Portman's, uh, I think, oh, wait, hold on. movie debut. You're getting scoped up. This is a terrifying shot to be looking at. There I am. With Jean Reno. Oh, no, don't hurt me, Natalie Portman. Um, so if you haven't seen this movie, I was trying to find a scene that wouldn't sort of spoil it. But mm-hmm. spoiler alert, a lot of people get killed. Um, spoiler alert, plant caretaking. Matilda, I always do this wrong because my spatial reasoning sucks. <laughs> Natalie Portman, I'm not cut out to be a weather person looking at the screen. Uh <laughs> Matilda's parents and family are killed, and she's sort of adopted by Jean Renault, who is a professional hitman, and uh, we'll call him an unconventional father figure. Uh, but this is a weird and sweet and awesome story with some amazing performances. Uh, and this is just a little taste of the professional side of Leon as he uh, kills some people. Let's check it out. Is there a code, a way of knocking so he knows it's you? line reads in the history of cinema Gary Oldman as a unhinged lunatic police detective baby faced academy award winner Gary Oldman turns out that uh, everyone ages and now Gary Oldman is an old man um, (sighs) but still in a fantastic actor yeah, I and, think uh, I, hadn't, I hadn't seen a clip from that in a minute. And so just seeing like how young he is, I think, was like my first thing. Like, oh, my God, he's, he's such a child right yeah. now. I mean, it's 30, 25 years. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, that thing of like, OK, I know that Natalie Portman's a young baby in this. But just seeing like how how he's aged was like not um, prepared. So what do you love about it? What what? What like sparks your your joy? Uh, I like his professional attitude towards mm-hmm. killing people. I like his adopted father f- 
figureheadedness. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that it's sweet. It definitely gets a little weird. Uh, Gary Oldman is amazing in it. I think the performances are all really great. And uh, I love pe- seeing people get killed. Yeah. As- assassinated. Yeah, there's, there is a, I think that it's his, um, his acumen and like his, his ability to just do surprising things is, is something that will pop up over and over again in, in assassin movies that people love. It's like, wow, this person is not just a killer. They're really great at it. Yeah. And so I think he is, he's, um, he's a character that you, you want to watch and you want to see him do things, but yeah, also you want him like, to kill everybody. Yeah. And, but also he's got a really great antagonist. Right. So like that makes it extremely watchable and, and he has heart. So you're like, Oh, it's sort of like that perfect trifecta of like interesting antagonist. Um, amazing protagonist and oh but he's a papa yeah so then you're like want to keep it <laughs> just keeps feeding the, the fire the heart center mm-hmm. um less warm and cuddly is my next choice and that's no country for old men the coen brothers 2007 uh magnum opus based on the Cormac mccarthy movie of the same name uh and anton chigur is uh pretty fucking terrifying uh, Javier Bardem, I can't remember what the exact quote was, but they were trying on different hairstyles, trying out different hairstyles on him. And when they found this one, they loved it. And he was like, great, now I'm not going to get laid for like a year. Yeah, it's everyone's mom from about 1975. I, like, I still think Javier Bardem probably did pretty well for himself at the time, but <laughs> he looks super weird and creepy. Uh, and the way he plays him is even more so. But this is more about building that tension because in this scene, you don't even see... Uh, Sugar, this is just building up to it in the hotel room with uh, Josh Brolin. So let's check out the scene. Fine. That's also how I play PUBG. I think that's why that uh, <laughs> scene really speaks to me. Wow. I mean, who knew Josh Brolin was going to be Josh Brolin? Like, thinking back to, like, Goonies, like, who knew uh, that he was going to be, like, the guy to follow? Yeah. In, like, the mid the mid aughts and the nows. He's had a good run. Thanos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, he's, he's fascinating to watch. Um, so you were saying that that movie was <laughs> not your rom-com heartfelt 
so, movie of the year? I mean, I've seen a lot of like I I'm not afraid of scary movies. I'm not afraid of things that are horrifying. Uh, I am married to somebody who's a giant horror fan. Um, but I uh, for when I saw this movie in theaters, I had almost like a PTSD reaction to it. To where like I just remember leaving the theater and like in the parking lot, and I was shaking, and I was trying to figure out what it was. And it's not only like Bardem's performance, but also um, his method of killing people is so horrifying. The fact that it's it's a unique weapon, right? So like the air gun, like the weird like cattle Cal air Prime. gun, yeah, is is how people how people go and the the fact that it's like oh you don't need, it's not even like a thing about like weapon control or gun control it's like oh anybody could get their hands on this and you could die because he's just so good at what he does um so i don't know i i had like i have a hard time i don't think i've ever rewatched this movie because i was just so shocked by it and we actually we played um friday the 13th the friday the 13th game uh over the weekend and there's like a lot of really specific horrifying ways to die in that like, oh, you could get pruned on a tree right. and then like somebody's heart explodes. And I think there's like an entertainment value to that. But there's like I I have a hard time watching it. And it was like, OK, OK, I say that about myself now. That's good to know, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you love this. Like it's one. Yeah, of your- yeah, I love this movie. I love the book. Um, mm-hmm. I've probably seen this movie 20 times. Wow. 30 times, maybe not 30, 20. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's uh this is a movie I could watch pretty much anytime. Anytime it's on, I'll sit down and watch it, and I'll choose to sit down and watch it a bunch. Breakfast too. cereal, watch yeah. it. Fire yeah. it up. Fire it Call up. Call it on a plane. Yep. Have your person next to you watch it. So it's it made it into your favorites, and I know that you really like quoting things. What are your What is your favorite quote? Um, or you don't have one? I don't know. The there's a lot of great lines. Um, Tommy Lee Jones has some great old man lines talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the quarter call it scene is probably the most horrifying moment in the movie for me. Um, yeah. But the conversation that he's having with the guy who has the chicken truck where he's like, just lighten up for the territory. So <laughs> that conversation I love. I mean, there's just great Coen Brothers mm-hmm. dialogue mm-hmm. and Cormac McCarthy dialogue coming together in an amazing uh, a Cohen Cormac sandwich together. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know that I would choose that terminology specifically. But well, yes, you know, I, we're each entitled to our own opinions. That's true. Okay, great. Um, and another deeply dramatic and uh, chill you to the bone movie is my final choice, and that is Crank, which I really <laughs> was going to do Crank and <laughs> Crank to High Voltage because it's basically one long movie. Crank to begins literally the second that Crank ends as he's. Chevy's falling from the sky and hits the cement. Um, this movie, I didn't see Crank in the theater, and I really am saddened by my lack of dedication because I saw the trailer and I was like, I don't know, this looks super suspect, and this movie is great, and the next one is equally great. Uh, Chev Chelios is a hitman who he works for... Uh, Mexican cartel. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to kill somebody. He does. He gets double-crossed and sort of Escape from New York meets Speed Style. He's injected with a poison that um, will kill him if he doesn't keep his heart rate up. He basically mm-hmm. can't make adrenaline, so the entire movie is him looking for ways to keep his heart rate up in new and hilarious ways. Dwight Yoakam plays his uh, physician, Mm -hmm. uh, and he's a little on the edge. Um, But this scene is uh, relatively late in the movie, so some mild spoilers. He's going to kill some people. Um, And this isn't specifically about him finding ways, but as you can see, sometimes he hooks himself up to car batteries. He goes to a hospital and tries mm-hmm. to get epinephrine. He's scoring coke. He's running around. He's jumping off things. So it's kind of like uh, like Keanu Reeves' speed meets MacGyver yeah. a bit. Okay. Okay. Um, so let's check out this uh, meeting of the minds uh, and how Jeff decides to negotiate in Crank. The best thing for you to do is find some nice, dark, quiet place and just die. Uh, maybe you're right. 
mean, we all gotta die sometime, right? We all gotta die sometime. So I'll just die. What the f- Just a little taste of... New and interesting ways to kill people. If you're going to watch them, I highly recommend the double feature and just make it... They're like an hour and a half each, so it's it's a fantastic way to spend three hours watching Jason Statham kill people and yeah. get his uh, heart rate up and stay alive. It's, so it's a, a survival story. It's a story about having a constant anxiety attack. Yeah. Like, that's like, mm. could he just be like, oh, I'm so, like, if he's really scared of bees, could he just be like, I'm scared of bees and, like, keep his heart rate up? Or how does that work? I think it needs to be a more uh, intense reaction. Okay. Than that. Like, I got to run from the yeah, scary thing. It's more like hooking your tongue up to a car battery <laughs> level of, well, depending on oh. what your anxiety attacks are like, I guess maybe it's. <laughs> A similar scenario. Yeah, but, yeah. I know that uh, our uh, our friend and former coworker uh, Pete Smith loves these movies. Pete Smith is a is wise man, obsessed. And shout out Pete Smith. Shout out Pete Smith. He's actually told me several times to watch this. I highly recommend them. I haven't uh, both, and I couldn't recommend the double feature anymore. Yeah, because as soon as you finish the one and you find out there's another one and it starts right away, you're going to wish you had already pre-set up having both movies on hand. So, do yourself a favor. And get it ahead of time. Yeah. So does he get uh, does he get medically altered? Is there like a medically altering moment where it's like, and you have to stay above this amount, or like, uh, like I his, I mean, the he, impetus to do so. He doesn't. I mean, he's he gets medically altered a lot of different ways, but <laughs> he, yeah, he has what it's more like. You see the EKG, and oh, it's okay. like when he's winding down, he gets sort of like ashen and like goes into low power mode, oh. and it's like, oh, and man. then it's like he does a couple rails and then he's back to killing people man and there are meditation retreats for people that want to do the exact opposite yeah and they want to keep their ekgs above the like and i do not want to see that reverse movie. that yeah no i don't i think people may want to i think people who like I, i'm not slow moments yeah that's they not may for want me, to but yep more power to you so those are some of my favorite assassin movies do you have some Sassy assassins yeah. that you would like to share with us? I actually, I got super psyched when you mentioned uh, doing um, assassin films uh, because I, I've i been sort of in a uh, in an assassin TV kick. So I've been watching Killing Eve and watching Barry and they both just uh, completed their seasons and I am just enamored with the, just the, the complex killer, like the person that you, um, that either you're really rooting for or you really want to watch and you're like, oh, this person is, is contracted to kill people. Why do I want to... 
why do I want to keep watching them? And because maybe there's a trifecta that involves Gary Oldman yeah. and a plant and Natalie Just Portman. Replace, um, mm-hmm. father figure with, uh, yeah, with like some other endearing, whatever. Quality. Yeah. Endearing quality or terrible quality. Like in the case of, of killing Eve, Villanelle is, she's obsessed with fashion and she is just, uh, she's kind of a, she's a bad person and she doesn't know how to get along with other people, but she's so funny and so watchable that you're like, okay, your sense of humor. Like that's like, that's the part that we're really going to zero in on. Okay. I'll watch you. Um, so I actually wore my Katana earrings today. I know we can't zoom in, but we can see them dangle, um, to talk about, uh, Kill Bill volume one. So, oh, that's a great still. I'm super into that. So this is, uh, Uma Thurman plus some coffee grounds and or mud and, uh, maybe some strawberry jam. We're not really quite sure what they had on set. Um, but she is uh, one of my favorite assassins, Beatrix Kiddo, a.k.a. Kiddo, a.k.a. The Bride, uh, depending on how much you've seen of this. And that's not a spoiler. You should have already seen Kill Bill by now. Um, yeah, yeah. Statue of Limitations has run out. Yeah, so this is uh, this is a, a film from 2003 by the director, Quentin Tarantino. And it was originally, I guess, supposed to be like a, a four-hour-long movie, but it was split into two sort of two-hour installments. And I actually I uh, I prefer this one over the second because the second involves a burying a, a buried alive sequence. And I just I'm like hmm. I think we're learning a lot about things that I can't and can't. There do. are very specific ways that people are going to be killed that you do not want to see. Yeah. Is my understanding. Yeah, I don't want to see. I, I get. I prefer. It's not that I can't see it. It's just that I prefer not to see. It's it not your favorite way to spend two alive. hours. Yeah, I just don't want to spend uh, spend that long with it. So, um, I'd love to show uh, show a clip, and this is a clip of the uh, the battle, um, one of the final battles of the film with um, with Uma Thurman, aka the Bride, uh, going after Oren Ichii and the Akuza and the Crazy Eighty Eights, and it's just a big old fun fight. Is that what I think it is? You didn't think it was going to be that easy, did you? You know, for a second there? Yeah, I kind of did. Silly rabbit. Tricks are for kids.
Yes. So good. I love that film so much, and and I think that clip especially just sort of shows that it it works. Like I love how colorful that film is, and I love how colorful both of those films are. But even that it works in black and white is like it it is uh, it's hyper violent, but it's also it's so goofy to a point to where it feels animated, right? And um and still very very watchable. So um that's one of my favorite scenes from the film is just like somebody's eye can get pulled out and it still works. Yeah. Still, just like I, I will. I it makes me laugh. Like I feel joy when I watch that film, <laughs> um, and I just like I find it it so digestible um, and uh, and inspiring because you really you want to follow this person's story as she's working her way down her weird um, handwritten list. Like she has a, that yeah. that list that she's making on a plane of like the people, her list of people that she's going to kill from the deadly Viper assassination squad. So yeah, an excellent choice. I love that so much. And nobody gets buried alive, so it's no an one, extra win. No one gets buried alive yet. Yet they go to Japan. It's fun. It's a good one. Um, so my next one uh, that I want to chat about is um, Ghost Dog: uh, Colon Way of the Samurai, um, and it is. This is a, a Jim Jarmusch film. So actually, both this and uh, Kill Bill I saw when I was in college in uh, from the years two thousand to two thousand four, and uh, and I was kind of working my way through different directors while Kill Bill came out in theaters when I was in college and I like, got to see it in theaters and that was super fun. Um, this was a couple years old, but it was still that feeling of like I'm going to see some Tarantino movies. I'm going to see some Jarmusch films. Like right. I just seen, I think I'd seen um, Dead Man and Down by Law and I was kind of like seeing what was around and this is probably my favorite um, Jim Jarmusch film. I think it's it's uh, it's one of those movies that's like you you don't really know what you're in for until you see it and I think uh, Forrest Whitaker gives a really fantastic performance as Ghost Dog, as a um, as a hitman who is a, he's a contract killer, he's somebody who abides by a code but in uh, in present day, which right. is just something that you don't doesn't, he's not honor bound beyond, no one else is honor bound beyond him no. to do so, so no. he's a professional no, yeah, he's a professional, and he loves birds he loves birds and swords even though I don't think there are any actually sword killings in this movie, the same way that Kill Bill has like a lot of sword killing, there's yeah. some uh, it's two different levels of mm-hmm. violence Completely. So this is, I just really, uh, I feel like all my clips have to do with swords. So here's a sword and pigeon clip from Ghost Dog. Loves swords. Rizzo and Forrest Whitaker pigeons. and pigeons. I think that's a solid combination. I love yeah. that movie. Yeah, it's it's. Um, I it took me actually. So if you are watching this right now and you're like, hey, I'd really love to see Ghost Dog. Um, I would recommend purchasing it on uh, on on at least digital video disc. I don't know if there's a Blu-ray. Um, I had uh, I had to watch this on Steam, which was a. It was a very complicated process to actually get to watch this again. Um, but I love it, and I think I used to own it, and I don't know 
what happened, but this is also a lesson of like when you start upgrading your media and upgrading your uh, your equipment that you should just remember to buy the things that you love. Which um, yeah, a I lesson in the permanence, the necessary yeah. of permanence in you, media. You know days. what is actually terrible is that Ghost Dad is available on more systems than Ghost Dog. That is which a travesty of justice. <laughs> it's it, total, totally sad. So you can buy the Blu-ray ooh. at a tremendous markup, which just just seems unfair. Or you yeah. can buy the DVD for nine dollars. But yep. I'm hoping they come out with like a uh, a more uh, comprehensive release um, because the I think in the behind the scenes of this when I was watching it I had the DVD in college and when I was watching the behind the scenes I think my favorite thing was uh, was Jim Jarmusch talking about the music um, that is in this film and actually the soundtrack for it doesn't have like the actual licensed American soundtrack doesn't have the amazing like music clips and cuts that it uses but there's like a lot of stuff from uh, I'll say it as Jim Jarmusch says it from the RZA because he got to work with the RZA on this film and he would pause every time he said his name so um, I always really enjoyed that but also like there's some great public enemy stuff in it um, some Wu-Tang tracks um I, I love this character. I love the fact that um, that Ghost Dog is so dedicated to um, to this code, and he loves books a ton. And it's it's also like it's about people from like different ways of life and different cultures. And in, in in some cases, the movie calls it dying cultures. Like there's there's these mobsters that are racist and terrible, but they're also like a dying culture. Um, and uh, and he'll do stuff like read people the end of books, which I think is just like a, a weird form of terrorism. It's just to be like, here's the last. To spoil it. Yeah, this is the last couple of words. He's like, oh, it's beautiful. And it's like, yeah, but you just read somebody like the last little bit of a book. So I don't know. I I love it. I love this film. Um, so moving on, uh, I'd love to also chat about this is. Uh, for people who know me, I love um, bad movies, kind of about the same way that I love good movies. Yeah. So I would. Yeah, you can appreciate the merits of both. Yeah, yeah. So this is not um, the definitive best movies that are assassin movies. This is favorite, and so Gil, you said your favorite, and this is uh, one of my favorite. It is Ninja Three colon the domination. An excellent film. Oh man, like the the brows. And the hair and the fan on this. I love this screen cap so much. That's great. Um, so, uh, so yeah, this is just one that when we were talking about uh, different assassination or assassin assassination, we're not Either talking way. about JFK. Uh, we could talk about JFK. Um, but when we're talking about assassin movies, uh, this was just one that I, I really thought about. Uh, so the tagline for this is, he's the ultimate killer, she's the perfect weapon. And now the he in this is a, uh, a ninja that uh, this, this uh, our main character who works as a telephone line repair person slash aerobics instructor uh, comes into contact with. And uh, and she has sort of these odd fantasies about becoming a ninja assassin. So that's the clip that we have here.
Transformation Tuesday right there. Indeed. My gosh. So uh, some odd cultural appropriation for sure in this film. <laughs> just uh, a tad. Just a tad. And it's, I mean... Wow. Um, so, I mean, that looking at that clip, that's like music that uh, that I listen to now. Yeah, it's a hot jam. It's a hot synthwave jam. You've got uh, you've got your video game cabinets. Um, there actually is a um, a fantastic aerobic sequence that is also one is of the it a best good clips. It's a great workout. You could work out along to it. Um, but I I genuinely love how terrible this. Follow up to Ninja One and Ninja Two, both which don't exist. Right. I, I just I love how bad this movie is. So it's uh, super fun. It's it's a legit Flashdance knockoff. Yeah. If if you felt like Flashdance didn't have enough ninjas in it, this movie is definitely the one for you. This is for you. All right. Um, well, I don't think you could have done any better, especially for this being your first time picking three movies for pre-flight. This is a tremendous amount of responsibility, and uh, you rose to the occasion. Thank you. Wonderfully so. Thank you. And I was surprised when you said that you guys have already talked about this movie. Well, after 170 episodes, we've pretty much talked about everything a couple of times now. Um, I think we've even done... We've definitely done ninja movies. Have we done assassin movies? Probably. Mm. But we haven't talked about all of these, and certainly not in this context. We've never seen that clip before, so... I think we're all better for I mean, just a, uh, seen this episode. A sword that is not only glowing but floating towards you yeah. is what we can with all... With the power of flashbacks. With the power of, of uh, transformative uh, wardrobe and flashbacks, which actually I think I dress like her now. Like I have like a... My, this is a Toonami shirt that I've altered that has like... I think I, I accidentally wore this... Um, to celebrate that clip, and then also this to celebrate Ghost Dog. So I think I've really covered Perfect. all of my films. I wore the same t-shirt I always wear, but not because I didn't put enough thought into it. Just it's all up here, Gil. That you have care. it all all up here. Um, so let's check out some of Adult Swim Facebook's favorite assassin movies. And full disclosure, we are recording this ahead of time, so yep. uh, probably Ninja Turtles is on there somewhere, yep. and King of the Hill maybe. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm uh, sure this, excellent. Picks. Uh, bring back Metalocalypse All is the up way there. Through. Um, okay. Yeah. And then uh, let's see what the Toonami Facebook picks are, and. Uh, I'm sure yep. that they're oh, hi. equally as amazing. And, there was somebody uh, that had something to say about it, so they came in during that. Yeah, that's the, great. Uh, wouldn't be that. a Toonami pre-flight record if somebody didn't walk in from the closet that for some reason only entrances into a studio that has a light that says we're recording. Yeah, is there, a, is there an on-air button on the outside of that door? I think it's only ever on, so there's no... <laughs> like, no one else is even recording here, and the light was on 20 minutes yeah. before we even walked in. So I think there's... A little bit of discipline has gone by the boards in the streaming studios, mm-hmm. and I, for one, am not going to stand for it any longer. Yeah, speaking of discipline, you can go to Facebook.com slash Toonami to tell us how you feel about our discipline, and that discipline is talking about films. Indeed. <laughs> um, now we have reached our sneak peek section of the show. I Ooh. was looking forward to seeing how sneak peek looked is, in the new graphics. Is there a theme so, song so to this? No. Okay. The only, uh, there's one opening theme and then every piece that you do has a theme. Okay. Short of that, I don't believe that we have theme songs, but okay. I think that we should. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to look into that yeah. moving forward. Don't worry, I'll talk to Brent. But first is our look at this week's Dragon Ball Super Topical Ooh. for episode 66 that's airing tomorrow night at 10.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're almost for sure going to have that episode by the time this runs. So let's check out that spot right now. On the next all-new episode of Dragon Ball Super. Thomas's body has indeed become impervious to permanent damage, but Black's has not. If this internal conflict is disrupting his regeneration, you may be able to win. It would require an attack far more powerful than anything you've managed to at least so far. Vegito! Dragon Ball Super, this Saturday at 10.30. Only Toonami on Adult Swim. Amazing. Wow. Um, wow, that was, a, that was a whole lot of DB soups, DB Sweeney's. It was a whole bunch of it. Um, and we also have a topical for My Hero Academia, uh, which is at 11.30 p.m. this coming Saturday, uh, right after Kai. So let's check that out right now. On the next all-new episode of My Hero Academia. Today you'll compete in eight physical tests to gauge your potential. Whoever comes in last has none. <laughs> 
and will be expelled immediately. Ah! Oh crap, I've got a ton of power, but I can only use it once, and it'll break me. My Hero Academia, Saturday at 11.30. It's now or never. Only Toonami on Adult Swim. And if that, that's not enough topicals for no, you. No, you could watch Maha, but you could also watch. You can, it's not an either or situation. It's just, it's layered. And so you, you can also run. watch. Yeah, yes, and yes, is our and. Toonami uh, mantra. <laughs> uh, uh, Gil read uh, uh, Impro for Storytellers, which right. is a great improv handbook. Um, so uh, this is our first topical for Fully Cooly Progressive, which premiered last Saturday night, uh, episode 202. Or two of Progressive will be running this coming Saturday night at midnight. So let's check out that topical right now. Are you going to make the same mistake again? Just give it up! No way, Jose! Sneaky peeky. Um, Hope you like D. And there's still one more to go. This is the only one that's actually sneak peek. All these mm-hmm. other spots have already run before. But this is a special sneak peek look Ooh. at our slash Dennis Maloney's look at Far Cry 5. Uh, so let's check out that review right now. The Far Cry series has always been a little crazy. So when I fired up the latest version, I'm as ready for anything. <laughs> In the wilderness of Hope County, Montana, the Edensgate cult is out of control. As a one-man army, it's up to you to free the people. Build the resistance by rescuing civilians, liberating outposts, and completing various missions. Like other Far Cry games, it's mostly about sneaking around, killing bad guys, and blowing stuff up. But this time around, you can also hire a few handy allies. Sick of cheeseburger. Eventually, you'll cause enough destruction to force a showdown with the cult's leaders, and then take them out. On the downside, the story is kind of all over the place. But in between being kidnapped every five minutes, the endless cutscenes, and many bliss-induced freakouts, there's still plenty of fun to be had. We give Far Cry 5 an 8 out of 10. Cult of Personality. I saw an early cut of this, and I know that Dennis is a big fan of Cheeseburger. Uh, who's not? Who is Peaches not? and Cheeseburger is the whole reason to play the game. I know. I was. A, I really loved Boomer. Like I loved Boomer because he felt like my buddy. I yeah. And I, well, I don't know. It's just that whole. I like the. I liked killing people with Cheeseburger and mm-hmm. um, Peaches, and then going fishing with them and having them eat oh. salmon and swim around. I mean, Boomer swims around too, but it's not nearly as funny as when you see a giant bear. <laughs> Swimming next to your swimming hole. Totally. Hole. I, I actually, uh, so uh, my my biggest gripe with this game, there's a lot of super fun stuff. My biggest gripe was the planes. Just like, I'm just trying to hunt with Boomy, and then you just hear a plane overhead. Yeah. It's, it, I feel like they introduced the planes a little early on before mm-hmm. you really have the ability to just blow shit up and play the yeah. game you want to have it play. But Sometimes I just want a relaxing time in the conifers, blowing yeah. up shit when I want to blow it up Indeed. on my watch. I agree with that. You know. Far Cry 5, a game I liked but did not love, but liked a lot. Um, so, yeah. there we go. Beautiful setting. And now, in a multiplicity moment, Dana introducing <laughs> DanaCon. Ooh. I, I got know. a I got a special graphic just for that. I feel like a special lady. You are um, a special lady. Oh, thank you. Um, there's actually there's a song uh, that is in the Waffle House jukebox called "Special Lady Waiting for Me at the Waffle House." And if you would like to uh, make your unfortunately make your Waffle House server sad, you can play it. They don't they don't like it. Oh, wow, they I do not make my Waffle House server sad. So no. I don't think I'll be playing that. Nor sadly will we be licensing that song for. DanaCon theme song music because we're not here to make people sad. We're here to make people happy. Hey, we're here to have a great time. So, um, so I went to MomoCon. Hey, so did I. Yeah, you were there. I I saw Gil. Gil's actually in this video too. Um, So this was my little uh, wrap up of what it's like to just spend a couple days at MomoCon, which is our little one of our local anime conventions Mm -hmm. here in Hotlanta, Georgia. No one calls it Hotlanta except for your stepdad. And here's this. Hello, everybody. It's Dana again, and I'm here to talk to you about MomoCon.
So MomoCon is a convention that happens in downtown-ish Atlanta. Every memorial day or so, there was so much cosplay. Cosplay, cosplay, cosplay. It's an anime and gaming convention, so a lot of these costumes were centered around those themes. Of course, as Toonami fans, you probably care about the Toonami panel that happened. Yo, uh, yo, what's the best thing you've seen so far today? Uh, this panel. We just got here. This we is the best thing much. you've seen so far? Chase oh. is the best thing I've seen. The burger that went in my mouth. So wait, let's we talk about this burger. We literally burger. just got here, so. In this very specific case, it was for Fooly Cooly slash FLCL. Say it however you feel it needs to be said. FLCL or Fooly Cooly? Yeah, tomato, tomato. Here are some hot highlights. Oh, it's been a long time since the pillows have come to the U.S., so uh, we asked if they wanted to do a small tour of the U.S., and they agreed. Okay, so they're showing uh, the Fully Cooly episode right now, and I think my favorite thing that just happened was a girl turned around and went, they're showing the episode. I couldn't tell what her inflection was, if she was upset, but it was very interesting. And, of course, I got some nice behind-the-scenes moments with our hard-working pre-flight crew. Sean loves being on camera. I'm walking it back. There's Cho, everybody. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. I had two friends do some super cool stuff at this convention. The first was my friend Mel. She did does this competition called Iron Editor that's kind of like um, a live-edited AMV competition where there's like people editing in the back and then um, also other people sort of participating with like listening to songs and taking polls. It was pretty cool. The other thing I caught was my friend Brandon's panel where he talked about what it's like to make paper craft for a social media sandwich situation. What's your favorite thing about MomoCon so far? MomoCon so far. Uh, either the dancing that we've been doing or Fully Fully Part 2. Uh, let's check out some stuff I saw when I was shopping. Shopping, 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 boom. Here's what I think about the gaming component as somebody who loves to game. What is this? I don't know what this is. So I'm in front of the games again and I kind of want to play some games, but I don't I don't want to wait in line. How terrible is that? And I love games. I just don't like lines. My favorite photo op, which I'm sure you've seen by now, and maybe you're going to hear me talk about again, uh, was this super sweet Pennywise, a.k.a. That Boy Pennywise, if you are somebody who loves horror Twitter. And Howard the Duck, like, together at last. Those costumes are sweet. I was so stoked to see them when I got up the escalator. Oh, look at that smile. That's so good. So I also, doing this, like, over something like Memorial Day weekend... I had a bunch of stuff planned. I was really burning the candle at both ends, so I kind of hit a wall a little bit, and I don't think I conned as hard as I could have conned. Something that is really important is self-care in situations like this. Basically, I just try to eat a bunch of meat sticks. Meat stick break number two. So something I've never, ever seen in the convention happened at Momocon, and that was karaoke that works. Like, amazing karaoke. This was 4 p.m. and people were popping off to Outkast. Also, these guys pretty much nailed, like, Lion King. Momocon. This has been Dana Swanson, a.k.a. at Dana Swanson. Back to you, me and Gil. Yeah, so um, as you can see, I ate a lot of meat sticks. And, uh, it was a convention. Yeah, it was a convention. I, I mean, you just got to uh, self care is actually super important yeah. at conventions like this, and that's something that I, um, I firmly believe. Um, also, I think probably my favorite costumes from that role was the uh there was a howard the duck and uh modern pennywise combo i saw your picture of that i did not was not lucky enough to see that uh either of them in person they were just both together but they were waiting for me at the bottom of an escalator that and it sounds was, horrifying <laughs> but, it, but instead of it being a very scary death in fact it was see i would not watch that movie after the first time but 
to each their own. Yeah. Um, but that will wrap us up for today. Dana, thank you so much for not only appearing in a pre-recorded segment, but being in a live to pre-recorded segment as well. Thanks hopefully, for having me. This hopefully was you great. enjoyed your live in person tsunami pre-flight experience. This was my um, this was my first time doing it, and I, uh, I I thoroughly enjoyed getting to do this. This is probably I think I've only ever done this uh, on panels. That's the only other time I've ever done this. It's like oh, whenever we're on a panel. Well, now we're on a much shorter table with mm-hmm. only the two of us, but I also had a tremendously fun time. This was well. super fun. Yay. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully you also had fun. Thanks for watching, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. See ya. Tsunami, every Saturday night from 10.30 p.m. to 4 a.m.